Hey y'all, welcome back and we're going to continue into the book of Judges next as we move forth with the Israelites. And the Judges are type of leaders in Israel that they had at this time and they were kind of like military leaders that God used to bring forth his justice. And in this time period, there were small groups who, of people who were oppressing other groups or being oppressed by other groups. And this is right after the death of Joshua, but also just before the first king of Israel springs up. And this book isn't a book that goes in order. It's more like you're sitting around the table talking about, hey, do you remember that time when we did this? And then you expound and give more details about that event when that happened. And the point seems to be the characters go from good to bad to worse to even worse. And then over to a humble judge. And everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes rather than what was right in God's eyes or under the leadership of a king. And King Saul, he is from the tribe of Benjamin. And the Benjamin tribe was causing a lot of issues for the people. And when asked, like, who's going to lead them against the tribe of Benjamin, they said, Judah, we want Judah to lead them. And King David is from the tribe of Judah, as well as we know Jesus, the ultimate judge and the ultimate king and our only and final king and judge. And a pattern is is divulged in this book about people rebelling through idolatry and disbelief, God bringing judgment through foreign oppression, and then the people repent and turn back to the Lord. And God raises up a deliverer or the judge to save them so that they can turn back to the Lord. And then they do this again and again on repeat. And this is exactly what we all still do today. We mess up, we sin, God brings us the the a person who can show it to us, and then we repent and come back to God. And um, it, it's the sin cycle. It's what we all do in our lives. And Judges is basically... 300 years of chaos. It's a sequel to Joshua in that chaos is all because of their disobedience and God is not going to allow sin to go unpunished. So let's go ahead and dive into the stories of Judges in chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, Join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. When the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and they killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bezek. Well, at Bezek, they encountered King Adonai Bezek and fought against him, and the Canaanites and Perizzites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toe. So this is a recap of a situation that happened in Joshua. In verse 7, Adonai Bezek said, I once had 70 kings, and their thumbs and big toes were cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and captured it, killing all its people and setting the city on fire. 
Then they went down to fight the Canaanites living in the hill country and the Negev and the western foothills. Joshua marched against the Canaanites, or I'm sorry, not Joshua, Judah in verse 10. Judah marched against the Canaanites in Hebron, formerly called Kiriath Arba, defeating the forces of Shashai, Ahimon, and Taimai. From there they went to fight against the people living in the town of Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. Just when you thought the names weren't going to get any harder, or that we were done with them, here we go again. In verse 12, Caleb said, I will give my daughter, Aksa, in marriage to the one who attacks and captures Kiriasifer. Othniel, the son of Caleb's youngest brother, Kenaz, was the one who conquered it. So Aksa became Othniel's wife. So basically, he saves the day and he gets a wife. In verse 14, when Aksa married Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. As she had got down off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What's the matter? She said, Let me have another gift. You have already given me the land of the Negev. Now please give me springs of water too. So Caleb gave her both the upper and the lower springs. So he doesn't just honor her request. He gives her a double blessing, a double portion. He gives her both the upper and the lower. When the tribe of Judah left Jericho, the city of Palms, the Kenites, who were descendants of Moses' father-in-law, traveled with them into the wilderness of Judah. They settled among the people there, near the town of Rad in the Negev. Then Judah joined with Simeon to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephath, the town named Hormah. In addition, Judah captured the towns of Gaza, Ashlachan, Ekron, along with their surrounding territories. The Lord was with the people of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country, but they failed to drive out the people living in the plains who led, who had iron chariots. So they're toying with sin rather than trusting God and getting rid of all of the people who harbor that sin. They're unable to or unwilling to get the people with the iron chariots out. And God is able, God is with them, God is defeating their enemies for them. So they fail, and we can't do what God can do on our own. God said that we that they could take the land, so they should have tried to take it, but they didn't. They they fail to have the faith needed to drive out these remaining people. So there's sin in the land that's tempting them. In verse 20, the town of Hebron was given to Caleb as as Moses had promised. And Caleb drove out the people living there who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. The descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel, and the Lord was with them. They sent them to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz, and they confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, Show us a way into the town, and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them a way, and they killed everyone in the town except for that man and his family. Later the man moved to the land of the Hittites, where he built a town. He named it Luz, which was the name of which is the name of it to this day. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out our people living in Bethshan, the people, sorry, Ta'anak, Dor, 
Ithlam, Megiddo, and all of their surrounding settlements because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. It doesn't matter what they're determined to do. What matters is what God is wanting to do. When the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them out completely out of the land. Sin is determined to live in our lives, y'all, and God is has the power to defeat sin, and we have God with us. So the question is, are, are we going to let the sin stay, or are we going to trust God to remove the sin from our lives? In verse 29, the tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezar, so the Canaanites continued to live among them, and the tribe of Zebulun failed out, failed to drive out the residents of Kitron and Nahal, so the Canaanites continued to live among them. But the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves for the people of Zebulun. God wanted, in, in verse um, 16 through 18 of Deuteronomy chapter 20, God specifically said, that he wanted them driven out, that he wanted them extinguished, that the evil needed to be cleansed from the land and completely gone. But they're not doing that. In verse 31, the tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Akko, Sidon, Halab, Akzib, Helba, Afik, and Rehab. Instead, the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land, for they failed to drive them out. Likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Belshemesh and Beth Anath. Instead, they moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land. Nevertheless, the people of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were forced to work as slaves for the people of Naphtali. And this is another side of the story. Like th- These are all recaps of things we read about in Joshua, but this is the rest of the story. They They didn't finish the deal. They didn't trust God, and they didn't get all the people out of the land that God told them to. In verse 34, As for the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back into the hill country and would not let them come into the plains. The Amorites were determined to stay in Mount Hares, Ephron, and Chalbim. But when the descendants of Joseph became stronger, they forced the Amorites to work as slaves. And the boundaries of the Amorites ran from Scorpion Pass to Shelah and continued upward from there. So we see a whole lot of sin staying in the land, a whole lot of temptation staying in the land, and a whole lot of not faithfully and wholeheartedly trusting God and his amazing power and mighty hand and his direct word of what he wanted them to do. So we will stop there and continue on with the Book of Judges tomorrow to see where we go from here. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day.